Welcome to the Whence We Came Project Podcast, an archived audio anthology of American lives, both local and legendary, as told by the Americans that live them. My name is John Owen, and I'll be your host. The following is the second in a series of conversations that I had with Ms. Rhonda Wary. Soon we'll be discussing the unique challenges and blessings that come with being the wife of a naval officer. But today our conversation focuses on Rhonda's upbringing in a small community in Wisconsin and the many ways that it helped form the person she became. I hope you enjoy. In 2007, August of tw- August 20th, 2007, um, by then TJ was he was still in college. He was still in college. We had two in college. Sarah was just going to start college. And we had been on a trip, and we had just gotten home. Um, We had gone to the beach for our first time ever. We had traveled from Millington down to Gulf Shores. And um, we're just kind of, we're getting ready to, we got the college thing going on, getting everybody ready to go to school. And Sarah had, we'd already taken Sarah to Knoxville. And um, my mom calls. And she's like oh my I just oh I oh my god I can't believe I'm saying this I can't believe I'm saying this oh my god I'm like oh my god mom what what is it and she I just can't believe she just cannot get it out she just keeps saying I can't believe I'm like what is it mom she said Cody was killed this morning oh my lord what oh my god oh my god I mean we just both kept saying it over and over and she sure. said yep he was killed this morning so he was um, just shy of his 21st birthday, oh, just Lord. a couple weeks shy. Their only child, Brian and Dee Dee's only child. They never had any more children. And um, just, you know, no words. Right. No words. Um, so we... Um, it took us a day or two to get everything arranged, you know, so we could go up there. The kids still... TJ and Hannah were still working, so they had to take time off from work and all that. But anyway, we get up there. And um, can I tell the dream? Your story. <laughs> so um, we haven't talked to Brian and Dee Dee yet. You know, we haven't seen them. And... We we drive as far as Boston, where my parents live, and it was about eleven and a half hours door to door from where we lived at the time. And then, where Brian and Dee Dee were was like another hour. So by the time we got there, it was late in the day, and we decided the next day we'll go see them. Right. And mom and dad, the kids were going to come with my with my mom and dad. Tim and I would go early, you know, to be with Brian and Dee Dee. And um, so anyway, that next morning at my parents house you know i'm ready to go and and tim comes downstairs and i'm in the kitchen and he says i've never seen tim like this before ever i mean he and, and never have since he's like oh i had this dream i i had this dream we have to get we have to stop at walmart i we've got to get some toothpicks i've had this dream Wow. What? You know, like, okay, you know, and he's he real like we got to go. We've got to go. I'm like, okay, you know, let's let's go. So we leave the kids with my my parents and not that mom and dad were babysitting. They were college age, but right. we were riding with my parents and yep. and um the closest 
Walmart or the closest place we could get toothpicks between my parents and where Brian and Dee were was like 30 minutes. There was a Walmart in Toma. So we, we drive to Toma and Tim's just like, I had this dream. I've had this dream. My dad was in my dream. I'm like, okay. You know, so we park at Walmart. We run in and we're like, okay, where are the toothpicks? And they've got to be colored toothpicks. We, they, they have to be colored toothpicks. I'm like, okay. So we get the little vial of colored toothpicks and check out and let's go. We got to go. So Brian and Dee Dee are staying with Dee Dee's sister, uh, just outside of Cadillac. And um, when we get there, um, Brian has, I will never, ever, ever, ever forget this. He is, Cody was big into four-wheeling and the fox um, shirt, you know, the clothing Mm -hmm. stuff. And Brian had uh a fox shirt of Cody's that was blue and he was wrapping it around his arm. I mean, he was just wrapping it and unwrapping it, wrapping it and unwrapping it. And as he's walking towards me, you know, I see him doing this and I'm just like, you know, you just start crying because sure. the, the grief of this is just something you can't even... Just remor- yeah. You can't even describe it. Right. So different than losing a grandparent, you know, just... Right the pain that is on their faces and right so um anyway we hug and crying and tim's like i've got to tell you guys something i have we we've got to i've got to tell you this right now i mean he still is like in this mode of i have got to tell you about my dream so Dee's sister patty says okay just go down the basement you know there was a table down there so the four of us go down there nobody's nobody but us and tim pulls out these these toothpicks and he says I had a dream last night and my dad was in the dream and he says my dad says because we're questioning why why did this happen what and and my dad took these toothpicks in the dream and he dumped them out on the table right. and so Tim dumps these toothpicks out on the table and there's just a mess you know and they're piled on each other and some spread to the edge of the table and he said, in my dream, my dad takes a toothpick, and he says, this is Cody's life right here. It's kind of in the center of it, right. on the edge. And he says, now see, if I take this toothpick out of today that Cody died, what happens to all these other toothpicks? And so Tim pulled it out, and they fall, and they right. change. And... Tim said his dad said, silly boy, don't you know that I know wow. what's going on? Wow. That's remarkable. Yeah. That's heavy. That's incredible. And this piece, you could just see this piece sure. come over Brian and Dee Dee because Tim's dad was Brian's pastor. You know, oh. it was just like you know, oh. and I'm sure it was God speaking through Tim's dad of just saying, Absolutely. "I have got this. Absolutely. I know what I'm doing." Absolutely. So that was in 2007 of August. My grandpa Merle dies in January of 2008. Right. Oh, wow. So um, I don't go to the funeral because I'm in nursing school, and my it was January in Wisconsin, and we were living down here, and my dad said, "Don't." Don't come. You don't need to come. So they have a grandpa's auction in May. 
and I fly up there for that. And that's the first that I have seen anything, you know, and I walk and everything's out in the yard, you mm. know, and uh, that first day it was all the garage stuff and, you know, that thing, those things. But in the house then were all the boxes of right. trinkets and all that stuff. So I was very overwhelmed. I mean, that was like oh, I can imagine. the first day of hearing the news, that you know, that they had passed away. So it sure. was emotional, but... Um, you know, got through it. Well, I'm walking around looking at all the stuff. It's early, you know, like seven in the morning, and Brian comes towards me. And I said, Hey, Brian, you know, how's it going? And I said, I didn't expect you to be here. And he says, I've been waiting for this auction for 20 years. Because <laughs> he's a hoarder, I mean, a collector. Also, and I'm like, okay. And he says, he says to me, so when, when, when did your grandpa get Cody's toy box? I'm like, what are you talking about? What toy box? He said, it's back out there, that, that toy box out there. I threw it in the dump 15 years ago. Oh my gosh. So we walk over there. So here's the picture of that little toy box. So my grandpa, not only did he go to auctions, but he'd go dumpster diving and dump diving. Right. And he would go to the dump, and he'd see what people threw out, and he'd pull it out. Right. And he must have been there maybe the day or the day after that Brian threw that away. That's crazy. So I said, take the, take it. Oh, you don't want Just take it. Just take it. It's yours. Right. That's remarkable. Isn't that? Yeah, that's that remarkable. So I love that story because it just reminds me of, it just reminds me of God, you know, like without him we're, we're trash and Jesus just came and he pulled us all yeah. out and he has preserved us and um, I just, and who would have thought my grandpa, you know, 15 years before right. for this moment that God already knew that toothpick was already Oh, sure. In it. Right. And he... Right. And I just realized that toy box is colored like the toothpicks were colored. That's amazing. So, one more story about my grandpa. Yeah. So, when they're they're cleaning everything out and, you know, the auction company, I guess, they come and they help them right. sort and, you know, what do you do with 60 years worth of stuff? So, um, this picture was painted by my mother when she was in high school. Oh, wow. And um, she, her, her art teacher at the time was a new, new teacher, a young guy, and he recognized her really very good. ability. Yeah. And he said, I think you should enter this in an art show. And it was going to be, I believe it was going to be at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, which was a couple hours north of where we lived. Right. So my mom went home, and she told Grandma, Betty, who was not hurt at that time. This was the old the old Betty. Right. Um, you know, Mr. Stunnebeck wants me to um, enter my painting in the art show. And she was in high school? She you? was in high school, yep. She's very talented. Yes. And um, Grandma said, well... Who's going? And my mom said, well, I don't know. I guess me and 
my teacher and grandma said you're not going you will not be going just you and, and a, a young teacher because right. he was he was a new grad you know so right. 22 23 years old right and my mom was mad <laughs> she was mad right so she ends up getting married you know shortly after this incident um probably a year or two well probably a year because she got married at 17 but anyway this picture went with her to her new home well she threw it out 50 years later, 60 years later, whatever it was, they're cleaning out my grandpa's stuff. Oh, my and on gosh. And in the attic of the garage, they find this painting. That gives me cold chills. <laughs> That's remarkable. Oh, my god! So gosh. this hangs in my, in the basement, you know, when right. it's not Christmas decorations. But I love this story. I love... That's remarkable Knowing story. how grandma defended my mom... Mm-hmm. Even though she probably threw a teenage hissy fit, and right. she just said no. Right. She just protected not only my mom but the teacher. You know. Sure. Um, Flee from any semblance of yeah. evil. Yeah. Wow! What a great story. But Grandpa recognized the value. Yeah. I wish I could have met him. Yeah, he yeah. was a, he was pretty neat. So. That is so cool, so cool. I need to pull you back, though. You, so I want to know now. I want to know. So um, your parents get married. They're living in the house that's next to her. First to her parents, her, and then they moved to Cataract next to his parents. Right. And you were born in which? Where were they living when you were born? When I was born, they lived by my mother's parents. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a baby. Mm-hmm. You have any memories of that house at mm-hmm. all? Do you have? How old were you when you moved to the next? Um, three. Oh, so you were very, very mm-hmm. young. Yeah. Okay, and you of course have memories of the next house because you mm-hmm. lived in it until. What are your earliest memories of the house? Do you have any early, early memories? I remember. Um, it was a small house. The bathroom was right off the kitchen. Like, <laughs> just yeah. make sure that door shut sometimes. <laughs> well, that's where the water is, too. You have to understand. That's pretty practical. Yes, yes. You know? And it was an old house. Yeah. You know, it was a very old house. Yeah. And, um, I, my bedroom and my brother's bedroom was upstairs. There was a door. Um, the, you walked into a utility room. And then that led into a kitchen, and then there was the living room, and my mom and dad's bedroom was off that living room, and then there was a stairway with a door. Is the house still standing? Mm-hmm. Yep. My oh, my best cool. friend from grade school, her daughter lives in that house now. Oh, really? Yeah, crazy. That's outstanding. Do you remember the uh, address or the road or anything? What roads? Well, we were a rural. Okay. So we don't. I just have, if someone's listening to this twenty years from now, I wonder how they might be able to find Cataract that house. Road. It was on Cataract Road, okay. and um, it was just up from the Methodist Church. Very close to yeah, the Methodist Church. Very close to the Methodist Church, ne- right next door to the old hotel in Cataract. So, um, but I remember um, my brother and I. I had to go through my brother's room to get to my room. Okay. And he. He had the smaller of it, but it was just an old house that they probably right. put a wall up, you know. And, uh-huh. um, and then when I was, I think about nine, mom and dad built on. Okay. They did an addition, 
And so our living room became our dining room. And then my my brother moved into my mom and dad's room, and mom and dad built a master bedroom. A master bedroom, mm, okay. With a, then our living room was How much the, older are you than your brother? Three years. So do you remember when he was born? No. Okay, mm-hmm. no memory of anything mm-hmm. like that? No. So no. tell me about um, holidays. I'm always interested in early memories yeah. of holidays. So we had wild holidays <laughs> because we were so close. Right. And... I don't like that. I mean, I I, I was thankful that, um, anyway, well, this is how it went for me. So, Grandpa and Grandma, Amy, we had Christmas morning. And, of course, we'd get up. We had Santa Claus, right. you know. And um, I do remember, and it was, and I was little, I, was, I think I was five. I do remember that year I got a... Um, metal kitchen set like a refrigerator uh-huh. stove and a sink and i My remember sister got one of those getting up so in the funny. middle of the night going downstairs you know quietly and bumping into it <laughs> and like you know and then getting scared so i went back upstairs right. you know so i remember that present That's but funny. we would get up pretty pretty early and then grandma would helen would always come her and Merle would come um, about 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. They would come up to see what we got, right. you know, and they'd stay for a little bit. And then they'd go home because Grandma would be fixing Christmas dinner for my dad's side, okay. which would be my family, my mom and dad and my brother, and then his sister and husband and their two kids. And Bob and Sue, they're, Sue's four years older than I am and Bob's eight years older, so... Okay. They were a little bit over, but it'd be eight of us, and then Grandpa and Grandma, and then um, Merle's mother was still alive at the time. So sometimes she would be there. Um, sometimes Grandpa's brother and his wife would be there. You know, it just it right. varied. But little bitty house, you know, and they'd have the table with a couple leaves in it, and everybody'd be sitting in that kitchen and you know right. grandma would need to get in the refrigerator and whoever was sitting there would have right. to suck in or stand up and right. you know i complain about how crowded it gets in my dining room and it's nothing <laughs> nothing and then they'd have the card table in the living room for the kids right. you know and you hope to graduate you know so you could right. sit at the kitchen table, table or you'd hope somebody wouldn't show up so you wouldn't need the card table but so we'd have lunch Christmas dinner, and Grandma Annie was an excellent cook. I remember she was a she made the best apple pie. I hope that apple pie is in heaven. I just yeah, oh, I suspect it is. I wish if I could taste one thing, it, right. it would be that. But um, so they would we'd eat probably about eleven. Well, we'd come and we'd open presents at 11 you know and we'd be all excited and open presents and then we'd have dinner lunch dinner we'd call it then right and uh and then they'd get the dishes done and the card playing would start um, oh really my dad's side was big card players what Games? um they played um 500 i don't know what that is I've never heard they'd of play a thing called nello never heard of I that i don't know that either um, euchre. Sometimes they play yeah, euchre. Heard, yeah, heard that. Um, and then I remember learning how to play a game called thirty-one, and you play three cards and three pennies, and then everybody could play that. You know, the kids could the play kids it too, well. and that yep. would be fun. Yeah. 
So usually about three then, um, we'd head up to my mother's family's house. Okay. And that family, oh no, we could not open presents right away. No, we had to wait. <laughs> Where Grandma Annie spoiled us and, you know, the kids ruled Grandma Johnson because she saw children at home and, you know. Anyway, so we'd go up about three, and and my brother and I would be so anxious, like, when can we go to Grandma's? Because <laughs> sure. then our other cousins who were our age were there, because right. Bob and Sue were older than us, and I was the oldest grandchild on my mom's side, and I had a I have a cousin who she and I were born a day apart. Oh wow! And and then she has a brother, Randy, who's the same age as my brother, and um, that's my Uncle Gary's kids, and then Lonnie is the oldest boy, and then he had three kids. Um, and his two boys were the same age oh, as, like, a, Alan was my age, group. and yeah. I think maybe he was born in 67, but we were all close in age, the six of us. Right. So we couldn't wait, you know, to go up there, and we'd get up there, and um, that family was an hors d'oeuvre type Family, you know, Grandma, I think she'd make a ham, and then everybody would bring something, and then they'd just snack on it. But right. the women would sit in the living in the kitchen, the men would sit in the living room, and the dining room was in the middle, you know, and the food would be there. And, and then finally we could eat, <laughs> you know. I don't know what time it would be. It seemed like it was probably midnight. <laughs> and we'd eat, you know, and we'd wait for the grown-ups to say, okay, I guess we can open presents, you know, and finally. (laughs) And uh, we'd go in the living room and then open presents. And um, But that, I remember how fun it was, you Mm -hmm. know, as a kid. But then when Tim and I got married and we ended up living in Wisconsin again when our children were little, little. We had to tie in that tradition then with his family tradition of, and they were a pastor family, so we were going to church all the time with right. them, and right. it was a lot. It yeah. it was a lot, and then trying to keep everybody happy, and you know, you don't want to give up anything, but eventually you you have to, you just for sanity. So right. we only did that three years, but um, but it instilled in me. You know, when when Tim um, decided to stay in the Navy, it was like, we're not going to do this crazy. You know, we're going to, I want my kids to have their own family Christmas. Because the birth of Jesus was an intimate thing. It wasn't a big party. It was just Mary and Joseph and the baby. And so that's what we do. Our kids just, they all have their own little Christmas thing. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, whenever we can fit in. You know, That's with what the, we do with as well, the in-laws. Now. It's just not worth. It's, it's funny though. You, you say I, I'd always thought until you just said that. Uh, I'd always thought how cool it would have been to live near relatives on Christmas because we did not. Yeah. Um, and Tim our, didn't. <laughs> our Christmas was wake up in the morning, do the presents, have some kind of late breakfast, and then we went outside to see what everybody else in the neighborhood got. If we were in a neighborhood at that mm-hmm. point in time, which many times we were, um, you know, to see what, and then we played, mm-hmm. all you know, and then came back for dinner and that kind of stuff. And then, either a week or, or four or five days or three or four days later, we would go from either Jacksonville, Mayport, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Florida, to 
Cookville, Tennessee, yeah. my grandparents, that kind of thing, or Palmer, Tennessee. And then when we lived in Panama, you know, we didn't do any of that. Right. We'd call to see what people got, right. whatever that, you know, right. that kind of thing. And I always thought, well, how cool it would be mm-hmm. to have, um, you know, because we had, uh, my dad had five sisters, and um, somehow um, when my grandmother passed away, my grandfather moved from Palmer, Tennessee to, well, I, I guess he had just moved to Melbourne with my grandmother and she passed away, but I uh, moved to Melbourne to be near one of dad's sisters whose husband worked um, for NASA, worked uh, at the Cape. And then, um, in fact, two of his sisters had husbands, two uncles worked with NASA, one at Redstone and one uh, at the Cape. And then um, Aunt Ruthie had, um, her husband was in, he actually was a, a in the Second World War, in the Korean War, and in uh, Vietnam. So he was in that 25 years right mm-hmm. there. But she lived, because when they traveled, they she quit traveling because they had kids. She lived in so in, near Canaveral. So when we would go during the summer, we would have all the kids there. Yes. And I thought, I always used to think how cool that would be yeah. to have all the kids for Christmas. But looking back on it, maybe not. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, and we've learned that too, yeah. you know, with, our, our kids are grown as well, and uh, Mary Jean has uh, several brothers and mm-hmm. sisters that live in this area, and to try to coordinate all mm-hmm. that stuff and going this, you know, there was a point in time when everybody went to Nanny's house, Mary Jean's mom, but now the, all the nieces and nephews are married, yeah. and it's a matter of which do morning, the afternoon, yeah. who has this, who yep. has that, and you know the pulling names and the whole yep. bit. Of, I like the intimacy you're well, talking about. Well, and it about. worked good, you know, when we were there because Tim's family were Christmas Eve people. Mm-hmm. We were Christmas Day. Right. So we could do... It's funny how that is, though. Yeah. I it, I, I had never heard of the Christmas Eve no, tradition no, at no. all until now. Right. You know, yeah, I have several friends yeah. that uh, grew up that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> but so we would, we would do Christmas Eve, but we'd have to go to church at... You know, six and and then there'd be a midnight. I mean, right. it was plus. I mean, we'd be up till one o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve. You know, right? But, um, because of that, and and then you know, taking little kids, and um, so we could still make it to my grandma. You know, to Merle and Helen's for Christmas dinner. But right. oh man, when you got babies and toddlers, it's it's a long day for them. But I mean, yeah. we survived. It was fine. And right. But well, so tell me now about church when you were younger. So, um, are you Lutheran as well? Were you oh, yeah, Lutheran? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. you were okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cadrick had a Lutheran church and a Methodist church. Okay. My grandparents, whom I live next door, the Methodist church was right across the street from them. I have found in, um, I have journals that Helen kept and her mother, Cora, kept from, I think the earliest is 34 or 37. Oh, wow. So I have their journals. So, but in those journals, I have suspected in, um, that they actually were members of the Lutheran Church. Um, something happened, and they quit going to church. But um, later on, um, Helen had heart open-heart surgery, and that got her going back to church. So she went to church in the, in the Methodist Church. But we were... Um, my my family was raised. My mother's side was raised Lutheran, mm. um, but they weren't a. Um, 
I mean, basically, Lutheran Church was Sunday school and church on a Sunday, you know. Right. And then um, I don't remember until Tim's dad came if they even had weekly Bible study. I I would have been too young to remember that anyway. But I do remember Tim's dad coming, and they, my mother would go to that Bible study during the week. My dad didn't go. He'd go every once in a while. Um, but his family didn't go to church. They weren't regular churchgoers. Um when I was a child and we had Christmas programs on Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve because there were two parishes connected to the church I went to where Tim's dad was. Um, my grandparents would come to that to see us I in see. that in that Christmas program. But you, your family attended church when you were younger? Yes. My mother okay. and my mom would take my brother and I. Okay. Yeah. And my mom taught Sunday school. and And your dad didn't go? Not very often. Every once in a while. He'd say, right. like, well, I should, probably should go let the pastor know I'm still alive. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but his parents didn't go either. Right. You, know, you it had wasn't said that. A, That's why I didn't know. Yeah. That's, that's it, kind of funny. it wasn't a... Um, and then my uh, grandpa didn't go. My um, Betty's husband, Kenny, um, my mom's dad, he didn't go very often. But after grandma got hurt, you bet he was there. Yeah. They went every Sunday. And Grandma, you know, they they were farmers, and they there was always something to do, you know. And if she went to church on Sunday, I mean, I got canning to do. You know, I've right. got this, that, and the other. So not that they were delinquent members, but I don't know if they were weekly attenders. I see. But, you know, they were as faithful as any other sure. farming family was right. at that time. So, so tell me about school. Do you remember first grade? Oh, yeah, I remember school. What was, remember. what was the name of your school? Cataract Elementary School. Cataract. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a teacher's name? I Every single one of them. So let's start with the so first kindergarten, grade. So kindergarten, Ms. Ms. I had kindergarten. Mrs. Wright was my first grade teacher. And we had one of the largest, I think we had the largest kindergarten class. There were three sets of twins in my class. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've never even heard of yeah. that. In one class. In one class, yep. That's amazing. Uh, Tim and Tammy Benzing and Lee and Lynn Abbott, they were identicals. Um, And Jack and Jill Evans, they were, so we had two sets of fraternal. And Tim and Tammy, Tammy and I were um, best friends. And uh, she was, Tim and Tammy were the youngest of 17 children. So Tim was number 16 because he was born, and then Tammy was the second born and the twins and there were 17 children in their family and they were neighbors to my aunt Carla my dad's sister they okay. were farmers and um, when uh, I met Tammy going to school you know in kindergarten and um, I don't know when I first stayed overnight at her house but it was pretty early you know probably first or second grade I don't know right. but um, her family um, were dairy farmers and they had this big house, and it sat sat on on a hill, and the road was down here, and then the barn was across the road from the house. And, I mean, I came from a two-child family, you mm-hmm. know, and by the time Tammy and I were friends, there were 11 children living at home. Still 11? Still 11 children. What and they was were, the difference in, in age between, do you remember, do you know? Um, well, I know that Tammy how was... Many, I guess the question would be, how many sets of, was that the only set of twins? No, she, Mrs. Benzing, I think had, I want to say there were two or three sets of twins. 
17 kids, I yes, hope. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Good um, Lord. She, um, and Tammy and Tim, they had nieces and nephews older than them. That they were born a couple years That's before so them. Cool. That's so a, they were very good Catholics, uh, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Benzing. They, <laughs> it didn't have a TV. Oh, that's oh, right. That's they were funny. too busy. But I can remember going to their house for a sleepover, and Mrs. Benzing would have you'd walk in their utility room. You know, every they were utility mud rooms. Right. Is what the modern name is, but utility room That's what we call and she would have this huge cubby thing hanging on the wall with individual cubbies and those were lo- everybody's laundry you know like tammy had her own little square for her laundry and and uh i that remember that remarkable. and then i remember um the house was long and you went through the utility room and then into the kitchen, and the stairway was off the kitchen with the door that went up to all the bedrooms. It was a big house. And there was a dining room, and then into that was this big living room. And I remember being there a couple times at Christmas time, and there were just piles of presents around the tree. I mean, just. <laughs> but, I mean, you have 17 children, sure. and then spouses and grandchildren. Sure. Oh, yeah. That's remarkable. Couldn't believe it. But what yeah. I, one of the biggest memories I have, just like the eye-opening, I'm in a small family. Um, we would, like if I stayed on a school night, you know, the boys would always have to go over to the barn and milk. And, you know, and then Tammy and I would come down and her older sisters. And we'd sit at the table and it was just benches. It was not chairs. It was benches. And then all of a sudden these boys would come piling in and everybody would be in there and, and they'd say a prayer and all these hands were crossing themselves. I'm like, what is that? No. Well, they're Catholic. You know, my mother would say they're Catholic, but they would drink raw milk, you know, because they drank fresh from the cow and all, (laughs) <laughs> that was a not for this girl. Right. Not for this girl, but... I remember the first time I drank raw. Oh. Yeah, I had Uncle Cass and Aunt Leaky's house. Oh. Yeah. A little different. Yeah, it was a little different. I never got used to it, so I probably went to school hungry. I don't know. I didn't eat what... <laughs> but I remember staying there, and um, it was fun. Um, so kindergarten, I had Mrs. Wright. Right. And she was not a very good kindergarten teacher when i think of the the kindergarten teachers my children have just gentle and she would give these things called love taps you know if you're misbehaving she'd come by and (laughs) pop you on the head and i mean i did well in school but i was a chatterbox and get in trouble for talking and first grade i had mrs graber um second grade was mrs peterson mrs peterson was the principal so her classroom had a telephone in it because she was the principal. Wow. <laughs> and one time, I, by then, was mom working? No, not yet. Maybe. Anyway, one time I stayed after, I got to stay after school to clean the chalkboards. Mm-hmm. Kids don't have chalkboards now, right. but I got to do the chalkboards. Well, while I'm doing it, um, Mrs. Peterson gets a phone call. So she's chatting away on the phone, and I see these little pieces of chalk on the tray, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So I just take two little small pieces of chalk and slip them into my pocket. Well, after that, then walk home from school and my mom at the time you know she's part of this homemakers club and you know her and her friends hang out well the big social areas in cataract were the bars we had two bars we had two taverns Mm -hmm. the upper tavern and the lower tavern and the upper tavern was on the north side of town the lower tavern was in the south side of town but that was called the lower tavern because it was going downhill (laughs) (laughs) but at the upper tavern um at that time i think it was called the long branch it was, and then went to Dick's place, but it was close to the school. It was right across the highway from the school. Well, me and my friend Dawn and Tracy, we walked home from school, and our mothers were in the bar. It was like three in the afternoon, not drinking. They're just yeah. that was the place, the and social place, yeah, the social place. So as kids, we're outside, and little Rondi Annie had, oh, I have some chalk in my pocket. Let's play hopscotch. So I take my chalk and I mark out the hopscotch and we're just having a good old time us kids you know well pretty soon the moms come out and we're playing and and um i don't know if it was my mom or one of the other ones but said where'd you get the chalk fingers go to me Rhonda had it where'd you get the chalk Mm. (laughs) at school did you have permission to take the chalk? No. no. And we marched home. Are you I mean, and it was like a block. You know, we marched. Right. I got the worst banking <laughs> I had ever gotten in my life. Never stole but, another thing yeah. again. <laughs> and then my dad gets home. <laughs> you know, like at six o'clock or whatever, tired right. from driving all day, and you are not going to believe what your daughter did. Of course. And. She stole some chalk, and my dad's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? You know, I mean, right. yeah, hours ago, and I'd already got a sore butt from it, so, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, so I don't know if Mrs. Peterson ever ever knew. Even knew, yeah. But the, the I had one more piece in my pocket, and I hid that, I mean, it, and I put it in my toy box. I don't know why I didn't throw it away, but. I mean, it was just like this guilt thing. Always, right. I'd be looking for a toy, and there was the chalk. Why right. didn't I throw it away? I don't know, but I don't think my mom ever found it. That's funny what we remember. That's oh, so funny. Yeah. Yep. Significant emotional event. Yes, yep. yes. So I had Mrs. Peterson, and she retired a couple of, I mean, she was old when I had her. She right. retired soon after. Then I had Mrs. Rowan. And then in third grade, I moved on the other side of the school, we had kindergarten through second grade was on one side, and the multi-purpose room was in the center. And then third, fourth, fifth, and sixth were on the other side. So That's then right. you feel like a big kid, you know, right. you're on that side of the hall or that side of the gym. So I had Mrs. Rowan, and uh, fourth grade I had Mrs. Shoemate, and I love Mrs. Shoemate. She was um, she retired when I was in fifth grade, and everybody loved her. I mean, they threw a wonderful retirement party for her me and tim benzing rode a bicycle built for two around the gym you know oh, wow. while the choir sing saying daisy 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 yeah, daisy. yeah i remember that yep. yeah yep so she was um she was a peach then i had fifth grade i had mrs sullivan and she i was just telling somebody about her the other day 
she was from Georgia. Huh. And I had her when uh, Jimmy Carter ran for president. That's oh, why I was wow. talking about her, because yeah. Rosalind Carter just passed away. Right. And she was, she loved Jimmy Carter, you know, and she had that Georgia drawl. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, she was so excited when yeah. um, when President Carter won. And and uh, I, I think there was probably more Republicans in my area, you know, because... Right. She was like one of the only people I knew who voted for him, right. and uh, she was a good teacher. She was very sweet, and she let us play jacks in the room, and um, she read Where the Red Fern Grows to us and oh, cried, yeah. you know, yeah. while she read it, and I liked her. And then sixth grade was Mr. Holmes, and he was my only male teacher I ever that worked at that school. Right. I was a safety patrol that year, and... Yeah, that is cool. So, so where do you go? Where is the next school? So then in seventh grade, we went to junior high in Sparta. So the junior high was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And there was only one in your general area? Yeah. One junior mm-hmm. high? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that then was a conglomeration of, um, oh gosh, six, seven elementary schools. Um, Catterick was a country school. Leon, I think the Leon kids, they were a country school. But then it was the elementary schools in Sparta that went to. So I would have to um, get on a bus. Um, we would. Uh, now, how far away was it again? So Sparta was about ten miles, okay. ten eleven miles. Um, seemed like a long way away. Yeah. Um, we joke all the time because my mom and dad would always say, "I mean, they only went to town once a week, you know." And then, God uh, forbid. You go another day. Right. <laughs> There's another trip into town, you know. Yeah, it's so funny. Just to interrupt very quickly, we come visit my grandparents who lived here in Cookville. My great-grandparents lived in Sparta here, mm-hmm. uh, 13 miles away. Yeah. Right? But it was like if we were going to be here for three days, you had to do one full day of planning of driving all the way over to Sparta to see my great-grandmother. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And, it, and we couldn't we – couldn't, um, go and get groceries we had to go to groceries we had to go to sears we had to do right, all the right. things because we did not want to make more than one trip to town a week right absolutely oh my word so the gas was 25 cents a gallon so, you know. <laughs> so i would um the the cataract kids would walk to the school mm-hmm. and we'd get on the bus probably about seven in the morning i would guess and that bus would take us into Sparta to the junior and there were middle school and high schoolers that rode that bus so memories of junior high um yeah it was um of course it's like huge you know huge um I was in the old junior high which was three stories a basement and two stories so you had to go upstairs and um I remember um, me and my friend Mary tried out for cheerleading every year, and we didn't make it, you know. Oh. And uh, I was in choir. That that was a significant thing that happened in junior high. Um, my grandmother, Helen, she, um, when I was a child, she got an organ. She got the... Um, they were just coming out then where you could get the background sounds to oh, it, like yeah. you would play Roomba or, right, you know, right. bass or whatever, little little beats to it. Well, um, 
and I found out later through the journals, the diaries of my grandmothers, that my great-grandmother actually played organ for the Lutheran Church. Oh, wow. And Grandma, when she was a little girl, she would sit on the bench with her as Cora played, and she'd cry. <laughs> Oh, wow. But Grandma right. played organ. She learned yeah. how to play organ, so then she buys this organ. And it had headphones, and I'd plug it in, you know, and I'd always want to play it. And, of right. course, well, Grandpa and Grandma want to watch TV. And, Rhonda, put those <laughs> headphones on. I'm trying to hear the news, you know. And I hated doing that. I right. wanted to entertain. Right. So, anyway, it would just be I a lot you. of, it would just be a lot of, Banging, you know, all the things I hate when my grandkids come and bang on right. my piano, but I did right. it. And um, so, anyway, um, in fourth grade, I asked my mom if I could take piano lessons. And our church organist at the Lutheran church, Florence Kramer, she agreed to give me lessons. Huh? Well, Florence had an ulterior motive because she was the only organist. She wanted to teach me so I could take over her job. I see. Or at least give her, a, right. be a substitute. So her whole goal was to teach me how to play hymns. That mm. was her goal. So fourth, now, How old were you again? Fourth, fourth grade? grade. Fourth I started grade. in fourth grade. Okay. So fourth and fifth grade, you know, um, I... I did well. Sixth grade, I was starting to get bored, you know, because I'd, I'd have to go to Grandma's house to practice. Um, my mom wouldn't buy a piano yet for me to practice on because she thought it would be fly-by-night. Right. And so, and she was right, you know. She had to bribe me with, if I played, so what I would do, <laughs> I would say, I'm going to go to Grandma's to practice. Okay, you know. Right. And if I practiced 30 minutes, I got a star, and then I'd get an extra quarter in my allowance if I practiced every every week. Well, Grandma would never tell on me, you know. <laughs> and I would go down, and I'd practice right away, maybe 10 minutes. Right. Well, then, you know, Grandma would be watching TV, or, <laughs> <Got you. laughs> and I'd have to have my snacks. And, right. You got know, your starting so. recorder, though, didn't you? <laughs> but it wasn't. That's great. Piano was not, it was just rote, you know, and there was right. not a lot of fun involved in it, you know. And I knew Mrs. Kramer wanted me to learn hymns, and those were hard. And But then I go to junior high, and in seventh grade, I took choir. Mm -hmm. And Mrs. Foss was our the seventh grade choir director. Well, somehow, she found out that I played piano. Well, she grabbed me, and she started mentoring me and teaching me how to accompany the choir. Oh, and that just put me on a whole new level. Right. A whole new level. And in seventh grade, I started accompanying the, the seventh grade choir. Outstanding. And then it was like, wow, I can do something with this. You know, this sure. is, I want to practice now because, mm -hmm. you know, I had a purpose. Right. I had, there was a purpose behind that. So which Mrs. Kramer liked because then that got me, that got me more excited about playing hymns. But I couldn't. I couldn't play in church until I was confirmed. So I got confirmed the spring. Now explain of, that to me. I, I'm, I don't. So they. So in the Lutheran Church, our Lutheran background, children go to confirmation classes sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And those are what do you learn? The, the Luther's Catechism, Martin Luther. Okay. All right, you know about Martin, Martin I do. Luther. I okay. Do. So Martin Luther wrote catechisms, mm -hmm. and his directive was for children to be taught. 
And right. so he has it broken down. Like you, you memorize the commandments. Each commandment, he he wrote. You know, the first commandment is this. What does this mean? And then he would have a meaning. Mm-hmm. And so we had to memorize those things. And I see. it was the commandments. It was the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer was broken down to each segment. You know, and what does this mean? Mm-hmm. It was there's always a what does this mean? Um. The creeds, you know, the Apostles' creeds, right. I believe in God the Father, Almighty, Maker of Heaven and Earth. What does this mean? And then you have that, and then and in Jesus Christ, and you have that part of it. There's three parts to the Apostles' Creed, and you memorize those things. So you do these things for three years and um, during the school year, and it was usually on a Saturday morning, which I hated because mm-hmm. my grandpa finally quit starting the dumb motors and then i had to get up and go to confirmation (laughs) class but tim was there sometimes so i would strategically place my chair because it was at their house oh in their dining room the children would come see here's his name he comes and um i would place it so i could see him come down the stairs if he was home from college um, while I sat around the table with his brothers. Right. Because <laughs> he'd already been confirmed. Right. But anyway, so you go through that process for three years, and then in the end of the third year, you stand before the church and you get examined. And I hated this. Like I just. Questioned? Questioned. Okay. And the pastor asks you questions, you know. Pertaining to what you've What you've learned. learned. And you okay. recite things. And I absolutely hated that. I still right. don't like that's okay. I respect everybody who. Right. I I honor that, but you right. know, and it was good for me. And there's many good things that came from it, but right. It's something that I think should go away. But anyway. Right. Um, so you get examined, and then you are a member of church, and then you can take communion, and you can participate. So you're confirmed. That's so you're confirmed, okay. and you're you've confessed your faith. Right. And you are a member of the church. Okay. Then you can participate. And so then Florence was going, yes, Rhonda can play organ. Right. And, and I had already been trained by Mrs. Foss, so um, I, I took over probably that summer between 8th and 9th grade. I oh, started wow. playing maybe once a month. Right. And uh, it, it was quite funny. I played much faster than Florence, and church got out about 15 minutes faster on the Sundays <laughs> that I pray, played. <laughs> That's so funny. And um, my grandma and my aunts, my great aunts that went to church, oh, Rhonda, you just play too fast. I can't keep up. And and then I'd tell Tim's dad that, you know, that they were saying I play too fast. And he'd say, Rhonda, you are the leader of the singing. You play as fast as you need to play. That's great. Thank you. I will. See, I never thought about that in talking to Tim. So you knew Tim's father. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was I mean, my pastor. Knew him, knew him. He was yeah. my pastor. His never, mother was my... had put that together His mother like was that. my Sunday school teacher. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. wow. I've wow. known them since I was seven. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I knew them as my pastor right. and Sunday school teacher. Right, but, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. That's, that's neat. Yep. So was your junior high through ninth grade? No, through ninth grade. That's the same way so, it was. Yep. And I, I mean... I really believe Mrs. Foss, she's that teacher. Mm-hmm. She is that teacher that had it not been for her, I would have never, I would have quit playing and um, being able to play. And you've just, played consistently since then. I pray, I, not as much, but, you know, I, mean, I, I do play. I, for, I love playing right hymns so yeah. and, you know, if I need to. And 
you know, where we go to church, we don't have hymns like we used to. So, yeah. you know, I get my fill, and I'll probably start playing Christmas songs from the hymnal. And, yeah. um, but then um, I think about ninth grade, Mrs. Kramer said that she could go, couldn't go any further in teaching me. She taught me everything she knew. Uh-huh. So she told my mom, and my mom found a, another piano teacher for me. Mrs. Eggers in Sparta, who just passed away not too long ago. Um, So I would go to her house. Um, I don't know when I had piano lessons, but I remember I had to walk because by then I was in high school. And the high school was on a a complete opposite side of town. It was probably a two-mile walk, and I would have to walk to her house for piano lessons after school. Wow. But she got me... um, involved in solo ensemble contests if you know what those are i do yeah and the first year my sophomore year um she put me in a class a piece i had never done anything before and maybe in ninth grade i might have done a class c i I might have but then in my 10th grade year she said no you're doing a class a so i ended up um going to state on that on wow. that piece. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. In 10th in, in grade. 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Yep. And then um, my junior year was a rough year. I didn't, I went, I didn't go to state. I think I got a, it was, you had a rating system of one, two, and three. And if you got a star first, that you went to state. And I think that year I got a first. I don't think I went to state that year. But my senior year, I went to state again. Again. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. So, that just having her as my teacher, Mrs. Foss, and then Mrs. Eggers, it just opened up so many doors. Of, right. You know, um, and then when we started moving around, um, you know, we went to smaller Lutheran churches, and you know, oh, Rhonda, you play piano, you know. Right. And so I never learned how to play the organ with huh. the pedals and everything. Yeah. Um, Florence would just say, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You know, she was like, you're just going to play for me, you know. Right. Um, and I wish I had. I wish I had had some organ training because um, that just helps with the sound and the richness of the organ to be right. able to play those bass notes. But most churches that we went to that I played in, it was piano, and that was fine. So so in your, your high school years, mm-hmm. what was the name of your high school? Sparta Senior High School. And how far... It was in Sparta. As it was well. in Sparta. So it, was it was closer. It was closer than the junior high. Right. Yeah, because it was just as you came into town. And how did you get to school there? Bus. 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 And then um, when I was a junior, um, I got my license, and I started working. Well, actually, I started working as a sophomore. Working where? At a nursing home. Uh-huh. I worked in the kitchen of a nursing home. Mm-hmm. I wanted money. You know, um, mm-hmm. I got an allowance, but. By then, it was like, well, I want new clothes, and my mom wouldn't buy me new clothes. You know, she right. she grew up making her own clothes and handing me downs, and the world was changing then. You know, yeah. in the eighties, it was just changing, and malls were popping up, and right. we go to the mall. I'm like, oh. it's so funny because uh, I've, as you know, Tim and I were talking, and it, when you were there, uh, talk about the age difference and whatever, right? It never clicked, you know, with me. It just well, she's just seven, eight years mm-hmm. young, whatever it was. Uh, but now, just as we're talking now, because I'm old, I'm mm-hmm. older than Tim. 
I'm thinking when you were talking about the seventies and I was thinking, well, I've voted for Jimmy Carter, you know, you know, wait a yeah, second. She's yeah. so, but you're right. Fifth grade. The world. Uh, and I, and I never, I never really knew if it's because we moved to Republic of Panama when I was in the fifth grade and we moved back when I was in the ninth grade, uh, to the state. So I didn't know if the world, and that would have been in my, uh, I guess 71 to, Three. Yeah, I graduated in three, so 71, I guess, 70 or 71. I didn't know if America just changed dramatically because I had been in Panama yeah. and it just seemed different. Or, But there's no doubt that from set early 70s until mid-80s, mm-hmm. it was a, a remarkable yeah. change in yep. society. Yep. Very, very different, you know. Feminism... Exactly. Changed everything. I'm sorry yeah. if you hate that me saying that, but it's true. Oh, it's, it is when, true. It ruined the family. It is true. That my mother and my grandparents and my aunts, they were happy doing. I mean, it was. Right. I'm sure there were things that they didn't like about it, but right. all of a sudden there was a disdain for staying home with your right. family. That uh, it's just. I hate that. And it's remarkable too to, to not think, to take a step back and not think how valuable. Um, a mother is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I mean, to society. Yes. I'm not just talking about to the kids or to a husband. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about to, to society. society. The nuclear family is just, it, it is the foundation is. of society as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, I feel like that, uh, you know, this is, they may have to cut this out. I don't know. Uh, leave it in. Um, <laughs> I think that's a, a lot what's wrong with, you know, the United States. I think it's a lot what's happening. Uh, in inner cities with um, African American black children, whatever else. Not you know when you're talking about seventy seven to eighty two percent, you know, live in single parent yeah. homes and everything. It it just it's completely different, right. you know. Right. And uh, in nineteen seventy, I guess nineteen seventy one, when my parents divorced, I was the only person I knew with a divorced wow. parent. Oh, I didn't wow. know another. They, they didn't. I was the only yeah. person in our school. Nobody in our school had parents that wow. had divorced. We'd had parents that uh, either one had passed away or mm-hmm. been, you know, whatever. But it was a rare. It thing. was a very. I think about that. Yeah. I was yeah. the only person in my high school with a divorced parent, and think about the high schools today. today. No, it's yeah. rare to have parents that are. It still honestly married. is. Yeah. Well, th- and that's the thing with you know working women. I get you know they should be treated the same and same pay and all that but oh absolutely w- women that are in the home are working women that's exactly they're not right. sitting on their butts eating that's bonbons exactly all day i mean we watch stories every once in a while yeah, but exactly i mean right. it it is you are constantly in mom mode constantly in household housekeeping mode you know and your job is valuable now i have a daughter and daughter-in-law and daughters they have jobs and it's i know it's hard but it's like you you have value no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. You know we cannot have this war between mothers. Like oh you're a working mother and you're a stay at home. No, we're all working mothers. If you believe the child is important, yeah, there is no greater yeah. job. Yeah, and now to be fair, because I can just see my daughter rustling up if she right. hears that. Right. There is I see something great coming out of them as working mothers. Oh, absolutely. I, there, there's something beautiful in it that. I didn't have because my mother stayed home. And was my mother unhappy because 
I, I don't know. I mean, I know she wanted extra spending money for Christmas right. and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's just always this battle, you know, between right. the will and what does God want me to do and what's best, what's best, not for me, but what does God want me to do? Absolutely. You know, and if, if you believe God has called you to be an attorney like my daughter-in-law is or a, a women's pastor like my daughter or a homeschool mom, do it. If God is calling you to do it, do it. Absolutely. But do not do it out of your own selfish motives because Absolutely. that's where you're going to have problems. So. And, and think of the child. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the father. Exactly. You know, a father needs to take a step yeah. back and go, okay, what is best? It wants having a, a family. Yeah. What is best for yeah. my children? And if the father does better staying home than the mother, mm-hmm. so what? But right. just somebody be there when the kid gets home from school. Those right. few minutes when they first get home are so valuable. I agree. I mean, my kids, everything got dumped in those first 15 minutes. And if I wasn't there, I lost the opportunity because they'd already gone to the TV or, you know, whatever. So Absolutely. um, But Mrs. Foss, Mrs. Eggers, um, what else? So in terms of high school... High school. Oh yeah. Oh, I started working. Okay, I, yeah. I, that's right. I said that's, that's what it started all. Yeah. I uh, I wanted money to go shopping, you right. know, and you um, in the nursing so home I started it? working and I applied for the job without telling my parents. Really. And I didn't have a driver's license. Oh okay. And so I got the job, and they're like, "Well, <laughs> how are you going to get to work?" And I'm like, "Well, you yeah. can give me a ride." So I I worked after school from three fifteen to six. 30, I think. And then I had to work every other weekends. Well, on the weekends, I worked split shift. And I'd have to go in at 6, and I'd work till not, I think, 10. And then I'd have to come back for supper at 3. Yeah, till so breakfast six. and supper. Oh, my gosh. So then the parents who, well, there's another trip in town. We're in a conundrum because... Right. You know, so they would make me, I'd have to go to my Aunt Darlene's house and stay there, you know, between, and I'm not even sure how I got home. A lot of times they came back into town or. When did you get a car? So I got a car then when I turned 16 and um, my parents bought me a 1978 blue Pontiac Firebird. Oh, nice. And I had to pay them back. Well, still, that's nice. Yeah, it was pretty nice. It was sweet. Uh, but, you, you know, if you it still had that car, what would it be worth? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was. But Tim made me sell it when we got married. Oh, Tim. <laughs> and I bought a piano. <laughs> That's but, great. Um, so then, you know, I started driving and, you know, I could drive myself to work and right. and all that. So I did that all through high school. I worked at the nursing home. And you started home. dating Tim your senior year? Is senior year. Started my senior year. Okay. Yeah. So, when did you graduate? 1984. 84. You're a youngster. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That's, a, I think, good probably place. a good place to kind of stop for today. Uh, we are uh, two and a half episodes in. So wow. Life is good. Life is good. <laughs> um, before we go on, and, and again, we'll meet again. I, I hope that you prayerfully consider us sitting down again yeah. real soon yeah, I'm available. to continue the story. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you can think of in terms of those years? Of course, we can do it, talk about this again um, you know, next time we sit down, but anything you can think of in terms of those years that you, you know, wish you would uh, discuss and we didn't or I didn't ask about mm-hmm. or anything or, or you think we're pretty good for the day? I think we're good. 
One quick story. Please. One quick story. It has to do with a Christmas memory. So um, we would go to um, Merle and Helen's for lunch and then to um, the Johnson's for Christmas uh, huh? dinner, for supper. And my Uncle Lonnie, he was the oldest, my mom's oldest brother. He had three children, Alan, Brett, and Charlene. And Alan, like I said, what, I think he was a year younger than me and Brett my brother's age and then Charlene was a little bit she was really little but he and his wife Alberta divorced um, but the last time that they were at Christmas together um, and they lived in Kansas um, so when they came it was a treat you know oh, we got sure. cousins coming from Kansas you right. know well Brian who was probably 14, 15 at the time. Yeah. One Christmas night, we're all hooligans down in the basement running around. We're all hot, you know, because yeah. it's <laughs> you're hot and right. it's wintertime in Wisconsin and the grown-ups are freezing upstairs. But um, he says, hey, you guys, let's sneak outside and surprise everybody by singing Christmas carols. So he gets all of us bundled up, and there's six of us. Charlene was too little. Me and Clark and Missy and Randy and Alan and Brett. We all get bundled up and everybody else is in the living room. We've already opened presents, I think. And everybody's in the living room and we sneak out the utility room door and and go around then and hit the doorbell. And the I we could hear the go, well, who's here? You know, and somebody <laughs> right. says, Well, it's awful quiet. Must be those kids, you know, and so somebody comes and answers the door, and we start singing. Oh, how great is that? Yeah. Christmas carols, and it was just, I love that memory. Yeah. I love Brian for doing that for us, yeah, because uh, Lonnie and Alberta divorced soon after, and we never had Christmas like with that, that again. family again, yeah. you know, and they ended up moving to California and just don't keep in, yeah. well, through Facebook, people keep in touch, but... Right. You know, it was a fracture. Yeah, absolutely. That never grew back. So Absolutely. That's beautiful. I have a picture of us up, up on my wall upstairs yeah. that you saw of, of that night. and That's beautiful. Yeah. We'll end it on that. There we go. Thank you, Rhonda. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, this is probably a good place to stop for the day. Please catch the Whence We Came Project podcast on the Stonecom website or on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, as well as on Sundays from 2 to 3 on 94.1 Radio. And remember, everyone has a story. You just have to ask.